Welcome to The Real 7 Show. As always, this podcast will be completely raw, unfiltered, and uncensored. Today I sit down and talk with Catherine Cribs. Now this episode was giving her the ability to tell her story with regards to child loss and natural birth. Now typically I don't do intros to podcast episodes like this, but this one I feel requires a lot more context than any of the others before we even get started. Now firstly, I do not believe in cancel culture, nor do I believe that people should have their voices silenced regardless of who agrees or not. This podcast is in no way, shape, or form designed to bash natural birth. I do 100% believe wholeheartedly that women should have the ability and choice to do whatever it is they feel is best for them and their children throughout the birthing process. However, this does not mean that it is an attack on the opposite side regarding the system and childbirthing within the system. Fortunately, modern technology in the system has allowed us to get out of a lot of sticky situations. What you are going to hear in this episode today is two people who have both lost children. Mine was lost within the system. Hers was lost outside of the system. Yet still, we both agree that natural birth is a very beautiful process and handing a mother her birthing sovereignty is absolutely necessary to at least, at the very least, be an option for the mother to take without any sort of legal repercussion. The more broad point here is that we should be allowing people to choose, to let the family choose exactly what they would like to do for the betterment of their child and how they feel they should be raising their children. I believe that if we start to take a much more holistic approach to our health while simultaneously using the system when necessary, that this is going to be how we revolutionize healthcare. So if this is what you guys would like to listen to, then buckle up, because here we go. Um, Liam's mom. I, I guess we'll start with prior to pregnancy. I was a 310T apprentice, currently still an apprentice, just not working. Um, I've gone to school for mechanics and machines and trucks as well as welding. And that's pretty much what I worked towards where I was working everything. And that's kind of when this all should hit the fan. I got into an accident uh, last year and that accident kind of just made me lost and then with the loss of my son now I'm just literally a lost mom um but with that like I got into a car accident last September I broke my hand and my wrist for anyone who knows mechanics that's how we make our money and it pretty much put me out for three months no mobility no nothing and then aside from the no mobility I found out I'm pregnant within like a few weeks after that so it's like oh my gosh like your whole life just ended. You're going to have to do a new career. Like hopefully you hear heal properly. You're not working. Life's chaos. Obviously that puts strain on a relationship, but you're pregnant. So you have to be happy. So I was super happy, obviously super scared, nervous. And I knew that no matter how much I researched or did, like I would have never been prepared to do this. And I didn't want to rely on the system or anything. I wanted to have a home birth and, you know, really feel into my body and everything like that. But with the accident happening, I had no confidence. I had no nothing. I literally felt lost and like everything I had worked for is now gone. Um, So I kind of started outsourcing. I reached out to somebody that I had met in Ottawa during the whole um, truckers convoy. And she had just had her baby and I knew she went the natural route and she referred me to this uh, doula in King City. And I was like, okay, so obviously I look into her. Her website is like, 
perfectly done to the nines, very goddess-like. And yeah, her training is she was a medical student for about eight years. Uh, she worked as a, a nurse. She did different nursing courses. She's been working with midwives and different doctors. Like she has more than enough experience and definitely more knowledge than I would ever be able to obtain, even if I like took a condensed course on how to become a mom and have birth. So obviously reading that, I started reaching out to other people that I knew, knew her. And just within the community, all the reviews were great. Like this woman is literally God. Like she's performed births that midwives wouldn't even perform of breach or this. And they've gone perfect. They've gone great. And maybe there were scary parts, but it ended beautifully. So that's pretty reassuring. It's pretty confident that even if there's issues and as her um, qualifications say, it's high, low, every type of risk, right? And I was considered a lowest, low risk pregnancy. So I really, this was great. So I had the consultation. Um, I found out the pricing, which is $3,000. Plus if your labor goes over um, 30 hours, $45 an hour, plus any delivery or not delivery, sorry, um, distance charges for uh, pre or postnatals. So I was like, you know what, this is pretty crazy, but this is going to help my son. Well, at the time I didn't know my son, but my child have the best possible birth. And not that this woman was going to give me that, but she was going to set me up with all the right tools, plans, nutrition, everything that worked for me, this woman was going to help align even better, right? With her tools and skills. So I talked to my partner about it. He looked at me like I had five heads, like, why are we going to pay this woman to cheer you on? And I said like, that's so, that's so ignorant and offensive because this woman isn't here to cheer us on. She's going to teach me about nutrition. She's going to, you know, instead of taking a prenatal, she's going to show me where I can get that from actual foods. Like it was this great thing. And even in the contract, like you're going to go through your medical history, you're going to have blood work done. Like you're going to, you're going to know everything and then you can make a decision. Right. So I was fine with that. I hired her. Yes. My partner wasn't fully on board, but I told him like, this is what I'm doing and I'd like you there. So hopefully we can do this together. And we agreed. Beginning of my pregnancy was great. I signed up with this woman, I'd say December last year. So just a couple months finding, after finding out I was pregnant. Um, at the beginning in our first prenatal, she let me know to get a full blood panel, to check my vitamin D levels, different things. And I'd have to get it from a doctor because obviously this woman does not have the credentials to ask for these things. So I went to my family doctor, which has had me since birth. She's very like by the book to say the least, but she's aware of who I am. And we kind of just agree to disagree. So in talking to her and letting her know my plan of home birth and this, she wasn't off the plan of home birth, but she's like, I really hope you're getting a midwifery team. And I was kind of just like, I don't need one. Of course, my doula was then advising me. I definitely don't need one because I have my family doctor. So asking my family doctor for this blood work, she kind of just laughed in my face. Like if this woman wants you to get something, tell her to become someone and go get it for you. I'm not I don't support this. So I was like, okay, sure. And when I told this woman that she's like, okay, maybe it is worth getting a midwife team. We can kind of try and bypass your doctor. Okay. Apparently everyone was having a baby due in June. So not many clinics were really available. I finally got a call back around, I'd say 25 weeks of pregnancy and they let me in. So I was like, perfect. And I went there and the first couple of appointments, there was no point me asking for blood work because it was all their intakes and their own due diligences. Um, by 28 weeks though, I fired that team because the two appointments I had gone to in those, um, three weeks, 
it wasn't horrible, but it was like, so what are you going to do if you bleed out? Are we going to be able to give you a blood transfusion? Da, da, da. And I didn't want to sign that. I personally have chosen not to get vaccinated. So to have a blood transfusion with blood that potentially could have something that I've chosen not to do, it just didn't feel right with me. And the fact that it's not regulated, I didn't enjoy it. So it's like, oh, well, if you don't sign this, you know, and it was all these fear things. And if you don't want to do this and you have to go see this doctor. And it was like, well, why do I have to go tell someone else? No. So it was stressful. And speaking with the doula about these situations, she's like, you know what? Fuck it. Don't even waste your time with them. Just get rid of them. The more you go to them, the more like, like by the second appointment, she's like, you're doing this to yourself. Like when I called her that day, she's literally like, cat, the more you keep going, the more you're going to be dealing with this. This is clearly your choice. Just irritated. So the midwives are fired. I still have my family doctor. Pregnancy is going well. So there really isn't much concern for anything. Um, I would say shortly after I fired the midwives, I followed up with my family doctor because I'm sure she got the notice that I fired them. And she was livid being like, are you nuts? And I was like, oh, well, you know, they were just really mean to me and da da da. And I made up this huge story. And she's like, okay, like, that's fine. But you need an OB. Like, we're not fucking around. So I was like, okay, find me one. And she couldn't because, I, like I said, everyone apparently was having a baby in June. So my doctor was actually looking for this OB, rejected, rejected, rejected. And this doula had let me know, by law, a general practitioner has to see you till 30 weeks. So that was I was going off anyway, that I didn't really care what she said. I, was, I knew my rights type idea. So she can't find me this OB. <laughs> I go for this uh, follow-up appointment. First thing she says is she sees my blood pressure and she's like, this is BS. It's 140 over 90. Like, this is BS. Like, you need an OB. You need someone. And I just said to her, like, I don't know what you want me to do. Like, there's nothing I can do. I don't have one. You, you can't find one either. Um, so she would continue putting out referrals. But by this point, blood pressure was flagged high. She had done a urine sample. Protein had been detected in my urine. And when this was brought up to the doula, blood pressure numbers it definitely made sense that they were going high and low. My life was chaos. This accident threw everything in shambles. It put strain on my relationship. Like my mom's a crazy little Italian lady. Like it's just overwhelming. So the blood pressure wasn't necessarily an issue. Everyone was kind of like, you know, watch the numbers, but the protein, according to the doctor is a red flag. According to the, the doula, it's completely normal. Apparently at this point in pre pregnancy, it's very common. Um, nothing to really be worried about. So I didn't really look past it. Um, now, following to almost 30, 30 ish weeks, this doula is going on a three week vacation. I'm kind of confused at this point because I've never heard of the backup doula that's listed in the contract to be at one of these prenatals. And before this vacation, I only had one prenatal left. So if I'm going to meet her after you get back, that makes no sense. So I reached out and I asked and I was told, oh, you'll have to just figure it out on your own time. We're all kind of busy doing our own thing. So it was like, okay, that's the first kind of like weird, like dismissive, like I'm paying you three grand and like your contract says you're going to do this. Why am I asking you about it? Um, so with that, obviously I was kind of concerned, but she went on vacation. I continued to see my family doctor for my follow-up and that follow-up, she pretty much divorced me. My family doctor looked at me like, here's your prenatal record. You're going to labor and delivery and bury, and you're going to see the OB and you're going to go, here you go, OB. You're now my doctor. Good luck. So I did. And when I got there, my numbers were still high, obviously. And the doctor was kind of confused on how I'd been unseen for 30 plus weeks of pregnancy. <laughs> 
And yeah, so they did the same thing as my family doctor did run again, a urine sample protein in there. She noticed that as well. The numbers, as much as they would go up, they would also go down. I was there at the hospital for probably three, four hours, give or take hooked up to possibly everything. And she wasn't really worried. She's like, there's protein here. So like to us, we would put you on medication, but I understand if you want to look into it a little bit. So I'm like, okay. And obviously again, reaching out to the, the doula and like, I've kind of constantly been reaching out since my doctor first brought up the blood pressure because I had a blood cuff, blood pressure cuff at home and I would always check it. And like through text chats and stuff that I have saved that I've screenshotted, like you see the charts that I'm sending and it's ranges from 128 over we'll say 90 to like 179 over 101. So like huge fluctuations, but that top number would always kind of come down, go back up, come down, go back up. So what I was told from this doula is it's fine. It's environmental. You're super stressed. Your relationship's kind of in the shits because my stress now, blood, blood pressure, bringing it up to Brandon, my partner, he's irritated. He's like, you paid this woman to have no care in the world and make sure that you knew all the information. Why are you worried? What can you do to fix blood pressure naturally? So we tried salt shots. That worked for like a week until my body literally started making me throw up for, from it. Um, other than the salt shots, I was told more protein. So I'm a huge carnivore to begin with, but I was eating more protein and to meditate, relax, have a steak, just relax. So I would do those things and the top number would always come down, but the bottom number would always be elevated as shown in these logs. And at the time I didn't think anything of it and nothing was brought up about it. So now she's still on vacation. We're at the second week of vacation. This OB that I'm now seeing weekly since... I was divorced from my family doctor is telling me like, look, you really should start medication. Like I get it. You want to like watch your blood pressures. It's great. You're doing it at home. Like it is great. The numbers are going up and coming down, but you know, if something goes wrong, you're not going to have like, Oh, if something's wrong then you can fix it. Like it's going to be good. And then it's going to be not good anymore. And there's no, there's no in between. So obviously that was like, Right. So even though this woman's across the world in a different country, I'm like messaging her kind of worried. And she's like, don't worry about it. You're fine. And I was very stressed. I was now almost at the end of my pregnancy, the car accident, everything like that put a lot of strain. I'm not working. My relationship was shit. Like it was just a lot that it kind of made sense that it was in my head. Right. So I was like, okay, now the third week that she's still gone again, the doctor's like, you're going on medication. This is what it is. And I'm like, no, I was like, is there anything else we can test? Is there anything else we can do? Because as of right now, you're telling me the protein is the issue. And I'm thinking in my head, but protein's normal. This is normal. This is something the medical system just flags, right? So I tell her, can we do an ultrasound? Can you like test the veins? Like, can we do something to figure it out? And she goes, yeah, we can do that. So this is May 30th. May 30th, I'm sitting there and right after this appointment, she's like, I'd like you to go to labor and deliver. Your numbers are high. And I knew in my head, I'm going to get in tomorrow for an ultrasound. I'm going to figure it out the results. And then I'll figure out if I'm going to labor and delivery. Fuck that. I'm going to go home. I'm going to take a bath. That's what I did. The next day I got the ultrasound. I always have everything forwarded to my email. So I got the results faster than the doctor. Less than 24 hours later. I'm Googling everything to make sure everything's perfect. It's eight out of eight. Freaking everything is perfect. Like you think the kid was going to be a fucking like all-star. And that to me was enough. Protein is normal. My blood values, excuse me, numbers are normal. And everything in the ultrasound is absolutely normal. I'm like, I'm not taking medication. So I didn't go back to the hospital. I didn't 
to go back to that OB. I kind of just was like, I'll wait for this woman to see me, for me, see me for my prenatal, which would be June 7th, not far after this May 31st appointment. And I figured the doctor would call me when she had time to go through the ultrasound, which I had confirmed via online was pretty well amazing. So this woman gets back from vacation, June 7th, she comes to my house for a prenatal again with her calendar thing, because, you know, if we make an appointment, it has to be logged. It has to be two hours. It has to be very paper traily, right? Which is kind of weird because she would always make appointments and then cancel them. And it's like, why do I need 50 notifications of rescheduling all these things when like, yeah, just a little bit weird. So she comes to my house. By this time I had expressed how shambolish my relationship was, how stressed I was, how it was very overwhelming. So this appointment was, you're fine. Everything's good. You're almost at the end. You're very stressed. Like this is all normal. Like you're about to like break the generational like shit of your family. You're about to like reclaim birth. Like just, you're beautiful. You're great. You got this. And with that, it was kind of just a hangout at two hour mark hit. She gave me a hug and she left. There wasn't any nothing like no palpitations, no, um, I believe it's called a fetal scope to hear the heartbeat, nothing. So yeah, June, well, from that appointment really on, I would say June 8th forward, I kind of just felt off and like off in the sense of like, yes, I was still stressed, but I just felt like, like something was wrong, but reaching out to this woman, I was told I was fine, which it's very likely my life in that stressful state was causing me stress. And then if I had reached out to my partner and talked to him about it, he'd get mad. Like, why did we just waste this money? Like, what the fuck was the point of this? Like, why isn't she helping you work through this? Like, why am, why are you coming to me with this? Like, it just, it doesn't make sense. Right. So now I kind of feel alone in it. Cause anytime I talk to her, it's you're fine. The more you listen to the doctors, the more you go to them, the more they're going to get in your head, the more they're going to put a seed and da, 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 da. If you go back there, they're going to induce you. They're going to, intervene like it was kind of scary and like I felt something was wrong but I don't want to go there and be induced if nothing's wrong and as you can see from statistics and stuff like that like the hospital doesn't have necessarily the best record for ever letting a woman just have birth naturally and even my experience with birth after losing Liam like it's not ideal at all so the 13th of June close to midnight I was tired of hearing it was in my head. I was trying to get out of my head. I was meditating. I was, you know, doing some dance and shaking out the energy. I was doing it all. And after another bath and feeling my stomach, like I didn't feel any movement. And I had a Doppler at home. And anytime, like I, I didn't have it because I bought it. Somebody had given it to me. My cousin had just had a baby. And she's like, it's a great tool. Da, da, da. It is cute. You can like show friends. You can show family. It's nice. But I didn't like it for that because I didn't like doing that to him. And anytime I would do it, he'd kick me and take off. But that kick would tell me, Hey mom, I'm good. Don't worry. Maybe it is in your head, you know? So when I felt so weird that night, I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'll just go downstairs. I'll check his heartbeat. I'll hear his little heartbeat. And I'm going to go to bed 20 minutes. I'm not finding one. And like, I know, like I can feel it in my fucking bones. Like something's fucking wrong. So I go upstairs. It's like almost midnight. My partner has to be up before 30. And he's like, cat, go to sleep. Like, it's fucking early hours in the morning. Like, you're okay. You're fine. Like, call your doula. Like, you know, like, call your therapist. But, like, you're fine. You're you're fine. Everything's fine. We're 11 days, babe. Like, you're fine. He's fine. Maybe you can't find his heart because he's just, he's tucked away. He's sleeping. Whatever. 
So I'm like, it's okay. I'm going to go, I'm going to go to labor and delivery and I'll, I'll let you know what happens. <sighs> Drove to the hospital and I haven't talked to anyone else. Only person that knew I went to the hospital was my partner because I was letting him know I was leaving. I get there. These poor two nurses are like are assessing me and they're trying to find a heartbeat and they can't. And like, again, like I said, like I knew something was severely wrong, but like your brain doesn't want to process that. So seeing them panic is making me panic because like, I know what they're about to say, but they don't want to say it. And they're watching me and it's fucking horrible. And then they call the doctor in the doctor confirms like there's no heartbeat and he didn't do it. Finding a heartbeat on um, an ultrasound or on a, a little monitor or um, what I don't even know what it's called. that it just reads the heartbeat, but through the ultrasound, he actually showed me the heart wall and there was no movement. So obviously I'm like, like the doctor himself could have been a different person. It might've been a bit easier, but he was very like, Oh, your baby, like there's actually no heartbeat. There's no movement. Like just very like, Oh, let me know if you want to go home and you can come back. And you know, like as if I could go home, have a nap and come back and birth my dead baby. And it would be ca like casual. Maybe I'll bring him coffee. So I just kind of was in shock. He could kind of see I'm in shock. The nurses are like, they fucking left when the doctor came in. Cause they didn't even want to be there. They're, I felt sore, so sorry for them because everyone was just, other than this doctor, shocked. So he goes, okay, I'll give you some time. Closed me in in this curtain. I'm texting my partner and, like, obviously I don't want to be like, hey, by the way, Liam's not with us anymore. So I'm just like, something's wrong. They can't find a heartbeat. You need to come. Babe, you're fine. It's 11 days. He's just, like, whatever. And I'm like, no, you need to come. That's it. So he's like, okay, I'm on my way. So now I'm sitting there and I'm like... Mm -hmm. Like, what do I do? Like you have the thoughts of everything and nothing at the same time. And it doesn't matter because it, it, it's, it's happened. It, it doesn't matter what you think, feel, thought, would, should, could, it's done. And I'm like, okay, I, I, I'll, I'll call my doula. Like, like, I don't, I don't know. Like, I, I don't know. So I call her. It's like probably like almost one in the morning ish. And she's like, hello, all frantic. And I'm like, Liam's, Liam's dead. And she's like, you could hear it's the silence, which is shatter of like, what do you mean? There's no way. Like, what are you talking about? And I'm like, I'm at labor and delivery. Like, this is what's happening. This is what the doctor just told me. Like, I told her how it took me so long to even get in through an entrance because, you know, Barry Hospital isn't this. And she's like, yeah, well, you know, like the doctor could be wrong. Like, it's worth going to Vaughn. It's, you know, like it's, it's worth getting a second opinion. And I was like, okay, well, right now I'm waiting with like for Brandon to come here and I'm just in this room by myself. And like, I remember just continuously asking her, like, I know the system's fucked up, but can they really lie to you if your baby's not dead? Like, can they say that to you? Cause like, that's all I was thinking. I was like, if I go to Vaughn and my baby's alive, like I'm going to come back and I'm burning this place down. Like, I don't even know as a human how I could react, but then I couldn't fathom. Someone couldn't say that. Like, you can't look at a heart wall and be like, oh, there's no movement. But then, like, you blink twice and all of a sudden there's movement. Like, it just, it, I couldn't register it. So, it's, like, I didn't feel supported on the phone. I didn't feel like I was getting anything. So, I was kind of just like, uh, uh, like, I'll, I'll, I'll call you back. Like, I, I was just lost. And I was trying to, like, fathom, like, what the fuck, right? So, Brandon gets there. I meet him at the elevator. He sees me and he's like, like he came there thinking everything's fine, but like he saw my face and you could tell that he was like, yo, this is fucking real. And like, he's trying to stay calm for me for obvious reasons. And then he sees the ultrasound and yeah, he's dead. 
So we called the doula again because now me and him are just curtained in this room because I don't think anyone expects you to make some intensive decision in that moment. And the hospital wasn't very busy, so I'm sure the doctor would much rather go do something else. And yeah, we called her back and she kind of just let us know, like, you know, your best bet is to go home, pack a bag, go to Vaughn and go from there. Like, there's a chance. And like, him and I didn't really talk much. Not that we didn't talk much, but like, there really wasn't much to say. Like, it was kind of just like communication through silence and heartbreak. So he had his car, I had my car, we both separately leave. The whole drive home, all I'm thinking is like, how shitty of a mother am I that I didn't know my baby was dead? And then obviously all the thoughts of like, what did I do wrong? And we get home, we pack our bag, we go to on. And now this will be the third time being confirmed my son's dead, which I think is a trauma in its own. But I needed this confirmation again. So I did it and the doctor confirmed. And then he also let me know that he's really sorry. But now I have to go for the final ultrasound because these have all been portable ones and they're not real and the protocol so let's wheel cat down the hallway and give her a mask because at three in the morning that's what we're concerned about is covid so obviously i'm just holding it like this because my partner didn't have to wear one but just me on the gurney in the hallway did um so yeah i get this fourth confirmation now and i get told like what what would you like to do right because they want to make it the easiest for you and I was feeling a lot of pressure, the same way I had been feeling for a couple of days prior. But from what I had been told from family, from friends, from the doula, from my mom, he's big. You know, I was really big. I had like my belly button looked like Peppa Pig for freak's sakes. I was big. So it kind of made sense. And it was pressures and migrations and this. But like sitting there in the hospital, like obviously the stress of everything is amplified. But I was having so much tightness. And like I asked him, like, can you like test my stomach or whatever the thing you do to test contraction. He goes, sure. So he puts it on. He goes, holy shit. He's like, how have you not said anything? I was like, well, what do you mean? He's like, your body's like going into labor. And I was like, well, how would that happen? And he goes, well, I'm going to guess your son didn't pass away within the last couple of days. It's probably been a little bit that your body is now rejecting it. And they say within two weeks of, a full-term baby passing, or I believe even like 20, over 20 weeks, which is what they consider stillbirth after. Um, like, whew, sorry, this has been so overwhelming for like, I don't even know, like we're almost five months in now. Um, oh, I don't even know where I was like thinking about everything is just like oh you were just uh you were going over um how you were having these pressures and migrations yeah. so and, my body and pain yeah so the thing that's actually beautiful about the body is if you do lose a baby within two weeks your body will begin to expel it so based on that that's what he had told me he told me that they were going to do a medication that potentially could help me dilate and speed up labor. So I did that. This medication made me like beyond ill. I was like pissing and shitting myself and shaking from being so cold. Like, and I could barely walk. Like it was, it was horrible. So obviously they saw that and they were like, okay, we're not going to give you any more. And they kind of just left me all day. And I didn't have any 
anything other than an IV drip. At this point, the doula is texting me, um, let me know if you need anything. And like I said to her when we went to Vaughn, I don't really want to talk on the phone. I don't like if you want to come, like come, but like I don't I don't I don't want to talk. I don't want to text. Like I I didn't even want to look at my phone. Like I don't even know who I am right now. Like, is this real? Like, what the fuck is going on? So that was really it. It was kind of just like, okay, well, let me know when you want to talk and I'll answer my phone. But I was never offered like, hey, let me come or can I bring you something or or anything like that. So also not feeling supported. I kind of just disconnected from that because now I know I'm in the hospital and I have, I'm the only one that's going to give birth to my son and I'm the only one that's going to get through this. So not an enjoyable birth. This whole day I have no medication. And then finally the next doctor comes on call and she's like, why are you have nothing? So she puts me on Pitocin. My body starts, you know, dilating. We're ready to push. I birth my son. Obviously he's fucking perfect and I'm not biased, but he's fucking perfect. And yeah, that was that kind of experience. And the next day they wanted to keep me for observation. Obviously this hypertension preeclampsia that I've been developing, which I learned that day was the flag of the protein. And the fact that there was protein is like the high end fucking like, Hey, this is your warning. Like you don't need any other symptoms. This is it. But I didn't know that. And so that's what else was really hard in the hospital is they all kind of looked at me like I was a moron. Like, they were like, you don't realize that you probably would have died if you did this birth at home. You don't realize that this is preventable. Like how they, they asked me, like, did you have no medical team? Like, did you like, what the fuck were you doing? Or what the fuck was the OB doing? Cause they could see, I had all the records of my ultrasounds or blood work or protein uh, urine samples. Like I had all on my phone and I showed them all it and they were just shocked. They're like, like, you know, and all, all I'm thinking is like, oh my God, like I just paid $3,000 to listen. But like, at the same time, like it isn't really this woman's fault because like, I really believed it. Like, do you know what I mean? Like there has to be some truth. Like, you know, maybe it's just fucked up. Like maybe the doctor really fucked up because the last ultrasound didn't say high risk. It didn't, you know, she didn't do her job. So whatever, they wanted to keep me for observation because throughout birth and still post birth, my blood pressure was like, we hit 200 at one point. Like they were looking at me like, you're not okay. And I was sitting there okay, but obviously not really okay. Adrenaline is a real thing. Um, so I signed myself out of the hospital because regardless of how adamant they were, I told them, check my blood, check my urine, check the shit you need to check. If nothing comes back, I'm going the fuck home because it's the only way my blood pressure is going to come down. I need to get out of the hospital. I need to get away from my fucking mom. I need to get away from the social worker. I need to get away from you doctors. I need my fucking cat. I need my house and I need to unravel because I couldn't do that there. So I sign myself out. I go home. This is Thursday night on uh, June 15th around like nine. So obviously not much is happening once I get home. I let the doula know like, hey, I'm home. I signed myself out. She's like, I'm so proud of you for signing yourself out. Good. I'm glad. And like, yeah. So I just said, like, I'll kind of talk to you in the morning. And with that, I talked to her the next day and she kind of just was saying, you know, there's nothing to say, but just make sure you're eating, make sure you're nourishing bone broth. I have herbs for you that I would like to bring. 
Um, I can offer also offer you belly binding, like just all the things that she could have still offered if my baby was here, but he's not. So this bag of herbs, she's like, I'll drop it off Friday. Friday comes, nothing. She had also told Brandon she's going to bring it. He asked me, no, nothing. I stayed in bed these all these days, so I didn't leave far of my room. Saturday comes, again, I'll bring it by. Never really saw anything. Um, from when I gave birth to Liam to this few days later, um, a couple women were already going into labor and it was kind of a very hectic time. So she didn't really have time based on obviously not coming. It's very obvious. So now we're at Sunday, it's Father's Day. And the day of like the, we get to see Liam before cremation. And we didn't really plan a funeral. Obviously it was done at a funeral home. And the day of when we were there, they offered us like an hour or so to kind of just sit with him. And we were like, you know what? Yeah, that's, we do want to do that. Mm-hmm. And we had brought down like a little outfit like obviously got them to put it on him and then like we thought about it and we're like you know what it's not fair that like my sister and my mom and like if they want to come they can come so my immediate family wanted to come we went and did our paperwork at like 11 once we told them we wanted to have this viewing because it wasn't premeditated they're like okay well we need some time to prepare him give us what you brought so we pick the casket we pick everything we give them all the little clothes in the hat and they say come back in a couple hours so I think it was like two we had to be back so I told my mom be there at 2 30 and in this time frame we like went out for sushi we're kind of just you know enjoying Father's Day and she happens to text me being like how are you doing how is it I was like you know it's pretty rough um we're just in Vaughn like we just did all our paperwork and now we're just kind of waiting. We're going to get a little alone time with him. And she's like, oh, is it close? Because she's in King City. My mom's in Vaughn. So me saying Vaughn, she kind of wanted to know. And I was like, yeah, it's Kipling and Seven. Um, and she's like, oh, that's so close. And like, she just kept like, inter- like kind of instigating that she wanted to, or initiating that she wanted to come. <laughs> like, did you want to come? And she's like, yes, yes, I would love to come. So I'm like, that's fine. If you don't mind, like, please come for three. Just because, like, it gives all of us kind of our own time, right? So she comes. When she comes, my brother and my stepdad are just leaving. My brother's 10. So this was, like, really hard for him. And, like, he blames himself that, like, because he wasn't going to be a good enough uncle. That's why Liam's not here. Like, just so dramatic for the little dude. So he left with my stepdad. And now it's myself, my mom, my sister, my partner, and this woman. And I'm sitting at the casket. I don't give a fuck what anyone else is doing. I'm just staring at my sweet little son. (laughs) And there's a chair beside me that Brandon was in. But once this woman arrives, she comes and sits in that chair. That's totally fine. Like after greeting my mom and my (laughs) Didn't necessarily agree with my plan, but really respected her because I respected her. So hugged her, welcomed her, made her feel like, no, no, you go sit there type idea. So it didn't become about her, but, you know, she sat there, she cried, she couldn't believe how fucking perfect he was. Like, people see pictures of him and they're like, oh my god, nothing's wrong with him. And you're like, I know, it's almost like he should be here. And, yeah, she kissed his little nose, she held his little hand, she sat there with me and just really took in how fucking beautiful this little child was. And... People came in at the funeral home. They let us know, like, okay, you know, like, 
I'm not kicking you out, but let's kind of wrap it up. So I asked this woman as well as my sister and my mom, like, please don't wait for us in the parking lot. Like, we'll say bye now. And we're just going to go home after. So that's what we did. And we said our final goodbyes. Give them our last little kisses. And we left. And going forward now, it was just a matter of trying to figure out how to recover. Um, because coming out of the hospital, I couldn't focus on me or nutrition or anything other than like, let's get the paperwork done. Did you call the funeral home? Have you thought about the casket? Like, it's not what I expected to be on my first postpartum adventure. So we're now at Monday, which is the scheduled first postpartum appointment. And again, on the button, two hours, calendar check. And this woman comes there. I was in my room. I still haven't left my room at this point other than for these outings of cremation and funeral and all this stuff. So she comes upstairs. Brandon, I'm sure, greeted her at the door with a hug. And I love you because that's how she greets everyone. The love bombing is very strong, which I wish I would have realized at the beginning as a red flag. Um, But yeah, so she comes upstairs. No words needed to be exchanged. It was just so sad. I'm like, I was still like, how is this real? And so we cried, we talked, we kind of went through it. But the main thing she wanted to know is like, how fucked up was the hospital? Like, what did they do? How was your birth? Did they make you push on your back? Like, were you holding your breath? Like, how bad was it? And it was pretty bad. It was all of those things. And halfway through the day, one of the doctors checking my um, dilation of my cervix, he actually broke my water somehow roughly was. Like, it was a really horrible experience. And explaining this all to her, she's telling me, like, we're going to report them. And this is wrong. And this is why there's this association holding them and accountability and all these fucking things that you would think. Yeah, you're right. Accountability. That's what we should be able to hold these people as a professional in is accountability. So by the end of this appointment, we've kind of just touched about the hospital. We've talked about inflation. Like we kind of just went everywhere. Um, we also heard about how her insurance is so high and how it's so hard. And, you know, like shit's just crazy. Money, money, money. So, okay. Kind of weird. Hospital is really bad. You're in a bit of a money situation. Like, okay, whatever. Two hour dot hits. Time to leave. I brought you a shepherd's pie from uh, Nature's Emporium. It's downstairs. I love you. Don't worry. I'm going to be here between your PSW, your mom and me. You're not going to be alone. Don't worry about it. I'll see you soon. I love you. Right. I walked her downstairs. I actually asked him uh, <clears throat> earlier. I know for sure on the way out, she said, I love you. And yeah, so that was it. So now this is the Monday. I'm supposed to see her the Wednesday. Wednesday gets rescheduled. It's just kind of like everyone's having a baby now, but in her contract, which is what I signed up and paid for, it says from 37 weeks to 40 weeks, you are on call 24 seven. The only thing that should be things, if I call you, I think it's like an hour or something window to call back or something like that, but you're on call 24 seven. So if I say jump, like your job is to say how fucking high, but she didn't have time for me. And I lost Liam at 38 weeks and four days. That's well within 37 to 40 weeks, at least in my logical opinion. So I was already very like weird because postpartum for anyone listening to this that has gone through postpartum with a baby, I'm sure it's fucking wild. So postpartum without a baby, I was like 
you know what I mean? Like, don't leave me in a room with fucking sharp scissors because I'm unstable. Um, so I'm starting to think in my own head, like, is this just me? Like, do you know what I mean? Like, am I just getting weird or is shit really weird? So already feeling like lack of support and stuff. Brandon mentioned to me, like, so what's going on with a refund? Because obviously no one's talked about it. No one's brought it up. It's not really appropriate. And I said to him, like, honestly, babe, like, that's the last thing I'm worried about. If you want to deal with that, I can, like, help you type the message. But, like, I don't want to be involved. Like, at least in the discussion of back and forth and stuff, like, behind the scenes, sure. But, like, I don't want to be involved. I want to be able to check out. So he's like, yeah, that's fine. So he reaches out to her. This is probably just over midweek. And I still haven't seen her for these appointments that we have scheduled. So, oh, my God, thank you so much for reaching out. I wanted to do this, but I didn't know how to approach it because obviously it's a really awkward fucking situation and no one expected my baby not to be here. And yeah, so that conversation went well. He brought it up in the sense of I see outstanding distance charges and she's like distance is covered. So it's like, okay, that's like a hundred something bucks. And then the next bubble comes in, I'll give you $500. And he kind of looks at me cause we were in this exact room and I was sitting on that bed and he goes 500 bucks. And I was like, I don't know. Oh, bubbly message. Next message, 750. So he looks at me and he goes at 750. And I was like, okay, well, based on postpartum, like she's still going to do these different things. Like it's going to add up in the long run. So we're just like, okay, fine. So we decided 750. She said she needed um, 24 hours or something, or sorry, this was probably a Thursday. Yeah. So 24 to 48 hours was bring us to the weekend. Weekend went by. We didn't hear anything that Sunday night. Um, I got a text asking what email she wanted the or what email the money could be sent to, which in the dialogue between her and Brandon was stated. So it was very easy to check reference, but I thought it was kind of weird because why are you involving me to begin with? But I answered and I said, here you go. So I got an e-transfer and it's $350. So I'm like, what the fuck? Like $750, like I'm not good at math, but they don't add up. And there was no comment after it. And I kind of thought it was just weird. So I didn't say anything. And then I get another message of like, oh, need another 24 to 48 hours for the next payment. So I'm like, okay. So we're going into the next week. Those timeframes have now gone over. I'm again being rescheduled, rescheduled. Don't have time. Oh, you know, like I got to reschedule. And Brandon has gone back to work. I've been home now by myself. My first night or first day home by myself thankfully went well. Um, but I didn't hear from her. I didn't hear from her all fucking day. And you knew in that postpartum first visit, this is the date he's going back to work. This is like, if anything is going to matter, that's the date because like, I don't think anyone logically would be like, yeah, that mom should be home by herself. Like, no, like even just to take care of myself, I wasn't capable. I was still in a lot of pain and all that. So obviously confused and you know still not seeing any money we're now coming up to the long weekend and I'm supposed to have this rescheduled appointment on the Friday and sure enough I get a message Friday early morning hey it's checking in are we still on for 4 30 and even though I'm shocked I'm thinking like fuck you I don't want you to come to my house for two hours to fucking sit with me and tell me everything's gonna be great just to leave like you don't have to, like I'm thinking in my head you don't have to come just to come Like, you haven't been supporting me. You haven't been there when I've been messaging you. You went from really caring to, like, sorry, everyone else is having a baby. Like, 
it just like I was nobody now. Like I created an issue and now I'm a financial burden that like whatever. So yeah, with that, I kind of said like, hey, like I don't think I want to do this prenatal today. I would preferably like if we can credit the next two that we have just towards the refund. Like right now I'm not finding this supportive and I'm not finding it helpful to my mental state because it's bringing up a lot of negative emotions. Very neutral, very like, like, I don't know, it wasn't, like, it was just literally saying, like, this is a me problem, so, like, I don't want to do this right now. And she was like, I totally get it. It's totally understandable. Like, don't worry about it. We can totally just, you know, if you want to work with me in the future, reach out. Like, there's no pressure. So I was like, okay, at least she's nice about it. But I still felt weird because it was like, okay, but you also still haven't brought up where the other half of the fucking money is. And I'm just playing, like, stupid, like, I haven't noticed but like you involved me in it directly. So obviously I'm fucking aware of it now. And like, I also said like, so the rest of the refund, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll be sending it um, by July 3rd, July 3rd. Like we started talking about this, like the end of June. How are we like, like it was supposed to be 24, 48 hours. So whatever. I said, okay, yeah, that's fine. But if you don't mind, please at some point tonight or this weekend, because if you were planning to come to my house for 4.30 in Barrie, that means you allotted... 3.30 to 4.30 for travel time. It's a long weekend, so hopefully you allotted more. Then a two-hour visit, which would bring us to 6.30, which would then take you probably an hour home. That's a pretty good chunk of fucking time that in my head, I was like, instead of seeing me, she can do this breakdown. No, all day went by, night went by. It's like fucking 9, 9.30 now. We got an email. Here's the breakdown. Paid, 3.50. Outstanding, 400 total 750 two postpartum um what did she charge i believe it was 160 regardless yeah 160 because the total came to 910 so like my little brother that's 10 could have wrote this breakdown because it wasn't broken down of much it was very basic so i responded with hey do you mind breaking this down a little bit more and when I say I responded, Brandon responded and he actually wrote this whole email of kind of how we thought it would be broken down in the regard of you prorate your rate. We times that by five prenatals times it by one postpartum credit of whatever that postpartum is times two, like, you know, just to kind of put in a direction to her of like, we need an actual breakdown. So in response to that message, um, which took quite a while, I would say almost all weekend, but we got a message back and it was, hey, uh, thank you for your message. I've attached a breakdown. The reason the belly binding, um, I charged you half price because I gave you a used one that I had in my bag and I haven't had time to do it with you. So I sent you a Google video. So I only charged you half price. Okay. So we read this breakdown. This breakdown has herbs and in brackets what the herbs are, which ironically are the herbs she brought to my son's funeral, which I don't know if I mentioned when she did come there, but she had the little bag that Friday, Saturday, she didn't have time to drop off. And then these herbs were actually $150. So that was wild to me. But also on this breakdown, excuse me, was tech support. And the irony of that is, well, maybe that's the reason, but when you work with this woman, you're told that you need to use Telegram because Telegram is secure or unsecure or whatever it is, uncrypted. I'm not very technical, but that's why you need to use it. I think the truth is the reason why you need to use it is because you then have the ability to delete things for other people. That whole tech support that I paid $500 for, I don't have it. 
I went on Telegram, it was gone. It was completely deleted. I reached out to the support. They're like, it was deleted by the other user. There's nothing you can do. Luckily, when things got weird, I kind of got like, you know, I had listened to my intuition this whole time that I figured I may start now. And I took screenshots. And thankfully I did because now this is my standing ground to be able to have a voice. Because before, if I didn't, it would just be my word against hers. But at least now with facts, you know, maybe that's not, maybe that is why she doesn't want to share her side because it's, there's not much defense. Um, so with this message <clears throat> and this breakdown, Okay, cool. We respond, letting her know, like, we don't understand how we're charged for a backup doula, the tech support, like, all these different things don't make sense. But in the response, my email doesn't go through. So I text her, my text doesn't go through. So I'm like, what the fuck? I'm like, crazy girl panicking right now. Like when your boyfriend just breaks up with you, you can't get a hold of him. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like, I'm looking at Brandon, I'm like, did she just fucking block us? Like, like, I'm like, mind blown. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, what the fuck? Instagram, blocked. Fucking Telegram, chats deleted, blocked. I'm like, oh my God. So I go on WhatsApp because again, I'm fucking freaking out. And I go on WhatsApp and I write this whole message because obviously I don't know I'm blocked till I send it. And sure as shit, the fucking message is delivered. So I'm like, oh my God, yes, I fucking made it through. And the message wasn't rude. It was literally like, how the fuck can you block us? We literally just want to have a conversation with you like, I understand that you think you expensed all these things, but I think we have a right to ask questions about certain lines of a backup doula. Like what did she attend? It wasn't the birth because you weren't even there for the birth. So the backup doula definitely wasn't there for the birth. When you were on vacation, I didn't go see the doula. I didn't talk to her. Like we had a five minute phone call because I asked to at least hear her voice before potentially I would need her help. Right. And she responds on WhatsApp before like blocking me off that as well and goes, um, you know, both parties can't have an open and honest conversation right now. Maybe within six months to a year, we can have a conversation. And obviously, like I respond to that with like, I hope you realize you are the only one that's making this a non-conversation. Like we've never attacked you. We've never like in all my messages, anyone that like is in my family that's seen them, they're like, you're so passive and so nice. Like you shouldn't be advocating for yourself. And even in your advocation, you're still being nice. Like we still want to give you money, but like, please let's make this fair. Like we gave you fucking $2,000 on June 7th. We delivered our son's stillbirth June 15th. You weren't at our birth. We didn't like, you know what I mean? Like logically you would think there's at least half the money coming back. So yeah, we're blocked off everything. I'm like, shocked I've like like I, I can't even process it so a few weeks go by and I'm still just like what the fuck like I just got so taken advantage of and not only did I get emotionally manipulated not only did I get gaslit and only did I get financially taken fucking advantage of like I just got fucking like extorted like I don't even know what just happened like what the fuck just happened so my friend who works for the government, she's like, you know what, Kat? Like, I don't know how you haven't fucking freaked out and tried calling the cops yet, but I've put together this fucking email and this email, was it kind of scary? I guess so. But that, I guess, was the point was to hopefully catch her attention to be like, hey, remember me? Like, I haven't gone anywhere. I'd still really like to talk to you. Let's talk before, like, you know, we have to escalate this because logically, 
like there has to be something that this woman's held accountable for. Like I hired you for a fucking service. You didn't provide it. You won't give me an adequate refund. And even if like we did have the talk, the amount that you give me back is your choice. I can be as mad as I want. I can say whatever fucking number I want, but whatever she chooses is it. But at least give me that chance to talk and understand it. So yeah, this message went over like, obviously we've been trying to reach out to you. We've noticed you're blocked. Like, please reach out to us. We're looking for $1,500 back at like half and half. We want to pay you for your services. Please be aware that giving medical advice is illegal. And it's stated like the, whatever the quotation of that law is. And like, as much as it was a firm email, it was like very avid from the beginning to the fucking end. We want to talk to you. If you continue to ignore us, we will be trying to fucking to get our money back. And if that means suing you, then that means suing you. But we want to talk. Like, I don't want to go find a fucking lawyer. I don't want to go fucking like this isn't fucking Jerry Springer. This isn't like some fucking reality TV show. This is my fucking life. And I just lost my son. I just want to talk to you. You were I just built a 10 month relationship with you. Like, it's just it was mind blowing. So in response to this email, she responded with, oh, thank you so much for your email. Attached is my response. So it's like, okay, I open the thing. It's a fucking contract. And this contract is called the full and final release. And it's for the heirs and heiresses and the lords. And it's so in-depth that you're reading it and you're like, what is this for? Like money laundering, drugs? Like, no, no, it's for child loss. So this contract would not allow me to speak about my whole experience with her. So from the second I hired her till the end, which would include the parts of my pregnancy and birth story that she was involved in. And I wouldn't be obviously able to talk about the contract and the amount settled. So in reading that, I was like, oh my God, this has to be a joke. I showed Brandon. He's like, that's a fucking gag order. He's like, are you going to sign that? And I was like, well, if I have to sign my rights away, why the fuck don't I get all my money back? Because my brain is still like not really working right. Like logically, I wouldn't sign this ever, but my brain's trying to just think like, okay, at least we'll get all money back, closure, whatever. So I respond with, if you want me to sign this and make it go away finance or go away on paper, I want it to go away financially too. So I say, we want our full $3,000 back. I get a response now from the lawyer. Sorry, I'll be taking over. Please do not contact her any further. Blah, 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 blah. We'll deal with the negotiation. So obviously I reached back out to him. Like I'm completely like, baffled that this is how we're now dealing with it. Like, why can't I speak to her type idea and just express to him? Like, I don't, I'm not looking to take this route. I, I would like to speak to her. Like this needs to be discussed. So obviously he responds to a lawyer. I don't advise that it's not the right thing because based on how he's talking, she's fucking scared or something, which makes no sense. And yeah. So back and forth with this lawyer, they're like, we can give you 2250, but you still got to sign this contract and da da da. And then like, this was weeks of going back and forth. And like, I'm still like, I felt like a fucking little kid in high school that was getting bullied. And you know, when you stand up to the bully, but like, it doesn't even feel right because you're like, why am I even having to do this type idea? Like it was crazy. And so I responded finally, like, I'm sorry, but I'm declining this offer. I'm not, I can't, I can't sign this. Like the fact that she sent me a contract, I think is worth more than any money I could ever get back because that kind of shows where you stand in this. You fucking blocked me. And then you send me a contract of a fucking gag order out of goodwill. You'll give me money back, but sign this. Like, are you fucking kidding me? 
And obviously I had reached out to you. I had kind of been doing a lot of legwork behind the scenes after I declined this gag order. And obviously when I declined it, the lawyer had to let me know he broke up with me first and that the offer actually wasn't on the table anymore, which is just so funny. Um, but yeah, I had done the legwork. I had been reaching out to you and I totally understood your point of not wanting to get involved because again, this is a huge, like from a big perspective, people can categorize this as home birth bad. And that's not what this is. Home birth is beautiful. Home birth and physiological birth are so capable for so many women. And there really probably won't be any issues because it is so, we are made to fucking do it. Like we really, really are. But then you have women like this that are capitalizing and gaining and building their ego off women, vulnerable, pregnant women. And obviously I'm speaking like this now, but when I hired her, I never would have thought that. Even being the one that's had this happen to them, it's hard to fucking believe. And that's why there'll be people that are her, her fan club till the time they die because she's done wonderful things for them. And she does have so much knowledge and there is all these positives, but I don't know if it's the pandemic. I don't know if it's trauma. I don't know what it is, but something has gotten into her, out of her, but it's not genuine anymore. It's like, it's ego. It's, there's no human compassion. There's no nothing. Like, even if you blocked me, excuse me. And then you realize how fucked up it was like, Hey, I fucked up. You know, you're in a point of like this provider for women, this support, this security. And that's everything that I didn't feel. And then when speaking to you and hearing your standpoint and not wanting to get involved, I respected that and I understood it, but you got me in contact with the right mothers and people that wanted to make it loud because again, this isn't blame at all. This is accountability. And the difference is blame is negative. It's gross. It's angry. Accountability is support, learning, growth. Like you can grow from situations like this. Does it suck to think like, oh my God, maybe I had a factor in that? Yeah. But you also chose to get into birth work. So with life, there's death. And as a woman, yes, you don't think about that through your pregnancy, but we do have the power to hold that within our womb. And it's a very real thing, right? And again, since those mothers got loud and since reaching out and going public and all those things, so many more women have spoken up. And it's almost really confusing that there's only been one loss being my son. Because a lot of these women have had even more traumatic stories. Like, yes, mine was traumatic, but you know, like I wasn't passing out in a pool and needed to be transferred via ambulance and have this woman trying to coax my family into like what they should and shouldn't say, or, you know, she's not posting a picture of me having this great home birth and posting it online. Well, the poor mother's already fucking transferred to hospital. Like the amount of women that have spoken up, it's one thing to think I'm lying or I'm this hurt mother or whatever the hell else she's told you, because also a very obvious thing aside from the contract those early hours that I found out Liam had come, mm-hmm. I didn't call my own mother till about 3 30 a.m and me becoming loud a mother spoke up and said oh my god are you the one that lost 38 weeks and I was like yeah like how do you know she's like that night or that morning this woman messaged in the group because I knew she was going to message in a group but I thought it was for the elders she works with for her trainers the other doulas colleagues Cause she told me I'm going to look into it to see if anyone else has any idea. Cause obviously at this point before I'd given birth, we didn't know how long we didn't know anything. So this mom 
was in the group of our mom chat and it got a ding at about 3 a.m. And it was, help, help, my uh, client's baby died in utero. Is anyone awake? And the mom's like, yeah, I'm awake, but like, I don't know what the fuck I'm going to do. And, and she messages her outside the chat and just goes like, uh, is everything good? And she's like, sorry, sorry, wrong chat, wrong chat. And she's like, okay, but like, what's going on? So she's like, okay, can I call you? So she calls her. And she starts off with, yeah, my uh, triple vaccinated, double boosted client, you know, very not aligned. She just lost her baby in utero, 38 weeks, da, 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 da. And like, when I heard that, as I stated in this whole interview podcast already, I'm not vaccinated and I chose to not become vaccinated. So I don't have one. I don't have two. I don't have three. I don't have any or a boost. Um, so like hearing that. This whole situation has hurt. This whole situation has been very traumatic, but that hurt to a whole new level. Like, who is this woman? Who the fuck did I hire that she's talking shit about me at fucking 3 a.m. while I'm in the hospital delivering my fucking child, <laughs> my first pregnancy, my baby's dead. Like, what the fuck is wrong with you that you're making fun of me? And like, maybe people don't see that as making fun, but you're blatantly lying about my vaccination status as if that mom listening to you is going to be like, oh, is that why? Which let me be clear, the fucking vaccine, maybe it has killed some babies, maybe it hasn't, but you can talk to a lot of fucking mothers who are vaccinated and they'll be talking to you with their fucking baby. Why? Because they're alive. So my non-vaccination status didn't affect my fucking son. You telling people that I had all these ultrasounds? No, I had ultrasounds at the end because you told me it's in my head. They're telling me go on medication. As a mother, where do I go? Do I go hire someone else because you're not helping me? Do I Google it and hope that Google's not lying? Because we know that's how true that is. Like, I was in a fucking really hard place that now to hear how I'm being painted and how I'm being talked about and women are reaching out to me that are in training courses with this elder trainer that she she works with that's holding these courses that runs this organization they literally are fucking trash talking me like oh ho, ho, her ultrasounds oh ho, ho, her vaccination status i'm sorry but i don't think ever in the world high blood pressure came from ultrasounds and if they did i think we just like uncovered a whole new fucking fact of the world but i i don't think that and in becoming public so many people have said to me protein is not normal Protein should be negative. There's no range. Because in the chats that I have screenshotted, that was the main thing. Your results are within range. The range is negative. There's no numerical value. There's no range. It's fucking negative. Positive. A number means something's fucking flagged. So, yeah. I'm still blocked. I'm still not being talked to. I'm hearing all these women come out about their stories. I'm hearing all these stories about myself. To the extent of her telling people how my mom had a a loss at, um, for a loss of twins at five months and had to deliver them. It's like, she did have that, but my mom was also 56 and doing in vitro and having artificial insemination of a pre-made egg. Like it's not genetics, nothing to do with me, literally the own thing, but that's how far we're stooping to try and put in all these reasons. And it's just, it's really gross and it's really sad. And then to see this woman just, change her website and change her name, delete her social media, block everyone. Like 
if you want to paint me as this person, that's fine. But what did you want to just advocate for yourself? Or are you scared that I have screenshots? Are you scared that there's proof of what's happened? Again, not saying you hurt my son or killed my son or whatever, but God forbid I went into labor at home. Would I have died? Like, did my son have to, like, a beautiful thought is my son sacrificed himself because if I went into labor at home, I still would have had hypertension. I still would have had preeclampsia, except it wouldn't have been acknowledged. So if I was almost stroking out in the hospital and doctors had me on different medications to bring it down and, you know, had shit working, what would have happened at home? What would have happened? One woman that's opened up has said that she was actually at home birthing. I believe it was nine hours of labor. All of a sudden it stopped. We went from fully full till active to dead stop. Instead of being like, oh, something's wrong, as this mother was expressing, the stula goes, what are you holding on to? What emotional barriers are there? What do you need to get, what, like, what are you not doing? And as a mother, we have enough fucking stress. We're about to push a fucking baby through a vagina. I'm sorry, but I think that's enough to deal with that. We don't need to feel the guilt of what else am I doing? And she's advocating herself. No, I need to go to the hospital. This fucking woman, instead of saying, you know what? You're right. Let's go. She texts the backup doula sitting beside her by accidentally texting the mom. And the mom to this day has the text. And it says, yo, she should really go to the hospital. Mm. Is this a joke? These are people's lives. And mm. like, it kind of all makes sense because that's why I became such a problem to her. I became a financial burden. You've been living this high life for the last three, four years of delivering babies into the world, which is beautiful, which is great. I'm sure it's awesome to be like, you're awesome. You're great. Push, you got this. And then a baby's there. Even if it's traumatic, when that baby comes out, everything, everything's perfect. Even if there was trauma, the mom doesn't care anymore. Give me my baby. Hold me. Tell me like, you know, so, yeah, I fucked up her vibe, her whatever, and that made me vaccinated, that made me this, and now we're here to the point where everyone, not everyone, but a lot of people are still defending her, but she's only running around to her clients trying to advocate for herself because she wants to go off referrals now. She's telling people how she's going to move to Toronto and what, you're just going to pack up and leave? Your website's completely changed. Your name's completely changed. It makes me wonder, like, did I even hire that woman? Like, is her name even her name? What else are we going to find out? Her actions, like, obviously I know the situation, so I knew it was very real, but her actions have painted a way worse story than my story could have ever fucking painted, right? Because with my story and how I reached out, maybe she felt attacked. Maybe she felt she needed to, you know, oh, fuck, she's going to get a lawyer. I got Like, it's all normal reactions, but then to go this far to be creating a narrative at early hours in the morning before my mom even knew my son's dead. Like there has to come a point where there's a line drawn. And the fact that this woman is so close knit with another kind of few uh, doulas and elders and, you know, group, it's kind of like, like it's kind of scary because in all this, these women have all backed her up. And it's like, if we've all fought for freedom and we're all freedom fighters and truth and this, like, how are we here? I signed a contract saying if I went to the hospital, she wouldn't come with me. Since Liam's been passed, mothers have reached out letting me know that she does no intervention with doctors or midwives or OBs anymore. So now you support me, you respect me. I'm literally paying you to support me, but 
you're only going to support me how it works. Like it just, it doesn't make sense. And yeah, like, I don't, yeah, I, I, I don't even know what to say. Like, it honestly feels like it's all a joke. And I don't like, I maybe jokes, not the word, but like a really bad dream. Like, how are we here? How have we gotten to the point that like, you've literally changed your name on fucking Facebook. You've changed your whole website. You went from a crew of goddesses to like a one woman show. Like you won't fucking answer a text. Like even recently, I want to say like within the last two weeks, like obviously my phone number is blocked, but it still goes to voicemail. And I left a message just being like, Hey, like I can understand all your feelings and they're valid. And just because I agree with them, I still don't understand how I made you feel those ways because you can feel attacked. You can feel threatened. You can feel all those things, but I don't get how my actions made you feel like that. And especially how you're painting me to people. It just makes no sense. Like you're terrified of me, but then I'm this passive, really scared sheep that's living in fear. Usually those, like, it doesn't, I don't know. So what were the things then early on that kind of started raising red flags? Like at what point did you become aware? Because it seems to me that like up to a certain point, everything seemed fine. I mean, you were advocating for, mm-hmm. um, you know, in the, in the community, everything, you know, seemed fine. Obviously you were hearing good things. So yeah. at what point then, I'm just trying to, to, you know, paint a picture for the people that are listening to when did this start to go awry? When did you start to realize that something was a little iffy and, and how do you feel that you were do, do, like, I, you had said to me that, that you kind of felt, you know, gaslit. And I believe you said that on here as well. Yeah. You kind of felt gaslit and the, and the love bombing. So I want to kind of go over these things as to why um, you felt this way and when. So the love bombing was definitely from the beginning. Um, and that's the irony in telling people I'm vaccinated is every time I saw her, she was so proud of me. Um, thank you so much for sticking to your decisions. It's such a hard time. You're so true. You're breaking all the traumas. Fuck the system. Um, and yeah, from the second I'd see her, it was like, I love you. To when I'd leave, I love you. Brandon, I love you. It was just very much like that. Anytime she messaged me, hey, beautiful. Hey, love. Hey, gorgeous. Just very scripted. Um, so that was a pretty obvious red flag for me at the beginning, but I didn't really care. I was like, you know what, if she's going to tell me she loves me, I don't care. She's going to give me all the information that fuck, if she loves me along the way, perfect. And I'm sure in the industry, you want to be like, Oh, I love you. Right. So I didn't really stew on it too much. Um, but then like little things would happen. Like after every prenatal, you're supposed to get a follow-up email, which would make sense. You go through everything you've talked about. And I got a, I never got them for the first three. And then after the third one, I kind of getting, I kind of got like two and then two. And one of them was not even my name. And it was like, Hey, so-and-so, which was another mom. And then within the same minute, I got another ding. Hey, Catherine. And it was the exact same email. So it kind of made me think like, if these are tailored to me and we're talking about specific things to me, how did you just send me a generic prenatal response? And you didn't even have the common sense to change the fucking name. Like, obviously I'm going to see both coming through. <laughs> like, um, yeah. And I also, she like the whole time. So I would say once I started to ask a lot of questions about my blood pressure, once it started being like more than a, just like, Hey, how, how is protein? Like I had messaged in the mom group and, 
the moms hadn't had that issue, but she messaged me privately being like, don't bring that up in there. You're going to scare other women. This is something we need to discuss. And it's like, okay, that's true. But when and how are we going to discuss it? Telling me it's in my head, which is why I felt gaslit. Cause I was left to question myself. Like I'm coming to you like, Hey, I heard what you said. This is what the doctor said. This is how I feel. What can I do to help? And you're just going, well, stop thinking about it. You're looking at your blood pressure too medically. You're looking at it like it means something. Like I kept getting gaslit that my inquiries, like I was making myself the problem. I was making the stress worse. I was. By what? By asking these questions, by going to the doctor, Mm -hmm. by engaging, as she would say, in these. So with regards to going to the doctor, though, but I thought that um, the whole last three years and the clients that this individual would kind of see were people that were quote unquote aligned. So over the last three years, we've been fighting for medical freedom and the sovereignty over your own body. So how is it that you can have sovereignty over your own body with regards to your vaccination status? But now you don't have that sovereignty once you sign this contract with me. Now you need to follow my fucking rules and you're not allowed to do what you like. How does how does that make sense at all? And that's what was kind of the tricky part, like even signing the contract and reading, like if there's medical intervention or you need to go to the hospital, like she won't be attending, like obviously you're not thinking those things are going to happen. So they don't really seem as important, but yeah, there was a lot of red flags that I really just didn't see because I was just so fixated on, I'm going to get all the information I need that it doesn't, all these other things don't matter. They're kind of just like fluff in the background. Um, But yeah, it's just, it's nuts. And then what's crazy to me is how no one else has spoken up. Like, yes, me coming loud, I guess, might have been what started it. But the amount of people that have spoken up, like maybe they're more current, but I feel the more public this becomes, the more women will continue to speak up because majority mm-hmm. of her clients have transferred to hospital. Major- not, I'm not going to say majority, but quite a few of her clients have hemorrhaged. They've had all these issues. And if you spend 10 months preparing, and as she says, doing the work, which I'm sorry, but I know myself, that's why I wanted her because I wanted to do the work, but I didn't know what work I needed to do. So I wanted to have those templates. I wanted to have that guidance and that thing because I wanted to put the fucking work in. And yeah, instead, I literally paid this woman to follow her advice thoroughly. And yes, it didn't work out how we wanted. But instead of having that really hard conversation, it's now like I'm turned off like a TV. And me talking about it, people are like, oh, you put clown music. Oh, you're so angry. Yeah, I was silent for three months. And then I got started with a fucking gag order. And I was still trying to process, like, my son's still not here. I still have to look at a fucking nursery every day. Like, it was really surreal. And it's still surreal that her actions have continued like this. Like, like I don't know. When the mom sent me an email, a mother before hearing my story, reached out to her for a consultation. She responded via email, letting her know that she will no longer be working at this time with doctors, OBs, or midwives. This woman saw that, never responded, because logically she's like, red flag, gonna listen. And then when I became public, she reached out to me and said, wow, thank God. Thank God I listened to my intuition. And I said, what are you talking about? And she goes, look at this email. And I have it. I have it in my slides of all my stuff that I've saved. And it literally says, I will not work with a medical professional. 
How? You're a non-medical fucking doula. You can't get blood work. You can't get urine samples. You can't give medical advice as a non-medical doula, but you're going to tell someone they can't have a fucking doctor? And then what? Are you going to tell me that mom's lying? The other mom's lying? Everyone that's coming up is lying? Like, there's just so much disconnect, but then her actions have literally written it on the wall for everyone to see. And as like a mother that's lost your child, like that is hard enough to think that people are making fun of me in that whole thing. Like that's, that's really fucked up. That's really fucked the, up. The whole situation is like, and, and I can see how, you know, it started off very well. Um, but it's like, I've said, you know, time and time again, is that, uh, if you would like to team up with somebody or, or be, you know, involved with something, you can't just only want to be involved when things go right. Um, you have to be involved when your team loses, like you have to lose together as well. Like a leader doesn't, you know, they don't just bark orders from the fucking, you know, the stadium and tell their team what to do. No, no. They're like, they're there with their team. They're the first one in line to go through the shit and the team goes behind them. And that's how you formulate a leader. That's, that's how that happens. And if you're going to, um, you know, make yourself seem like some sort of a trailblazer. Well, then you should blaze the trail for the fact that like, hey, man, these things do happen as well. How can I support this individual rather than just, well, this conversation isn't going how I want it to go. So blocking is the answer. And what we've seen is everybody, regardless, involved or not, has all everybody's been blocked. Everybody's been nobody can ask a question. Nobody can have a discussion. But like the thing I find is really weird is that there's all these discussions happening about you, just not to you. And I find that really fucking weird because even if end of the day you were questioning, you know, the the bill and the and the refund and 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 stuff like that and, and trying to clear it up and for all the people that would think like, oh, it's about money, you could think that and a portion of it will be about money because there was money paid. Um, there's not a service that any one of you listening that, that thinks that way. There's not one single service that you would receive that if you didn't get that service after payment, you would be calling for a refund. Mm -hmm. And, and because there's going to be a lot of people right now who are just like, oh, well, uh, it's, it's just about the money. It's just about the refund. And that's when things went bad. It's like, well, it is, but it's not like things didn't go bad, you know, just because like I asked, asked for, for everything back. When before the lawyer got involved, we just wanted fifteen hundred bucks back. Like that's what we thought would be reasonable, reasonable based on what we had done, and like we wanted. No, and it's, it's yeah, it's it's not unreasonable, right? Like I I own a couple businesses. I know what it's like to like I want a fucking breakdown. I don't want a mm -hmm. you know give me crayon on a napkin breakdown. I want a fucking email. I want to know exactly mm -hmm. like when I send a customer a breakdown for what I've you know built for them. Everything is in there. The cost of the lumber, how much lumber was used, the cost of our nails, the tools, the time, my guy's time. You know, all of the shit is in there very detailed so that the customer can feel comfortable with what they're paying. And if they have a question saying, I didn't receive the service, then we need to prorate that service. It's really not complicated. Like, I, I know people would like to think that this is just a you hand over some money and then get this baby. And it's like, well, even if that was the case, right, if you went to the hospital and everything went well, but you had to go anyway, I mean... Well, then there's portions of the contract that that weren't met. So it's kind of like, well, even if things did go well, you could still have a good relationship and say, well, I didn't provide you with this service. So this obviously shouldn't be 
a charge, right? All I'm trying to get at is there's there, there's going to be these people that listen to this that are on, you know, one side and then they're just like, oh, well, he's hosting this podcast just to be on one side. End of the day, to be quite honest with you, I'm not really on a fucking side. There's I'm no simply sides. providing I'm providing somebody with a platform who you wants to tell a story that can possibly you know let other women know that look yeah man like we think natural birth is amazing right and for those that think that you know this is like bashing it absolutely not i still even after hearing this advocate for natural birth so my I. wife <laughs> even after hearing this yeah. still says that if she could go back in time that she would do all three natural births yeah. right but we also need to recognize that the system you can't hate the system to to a point where you don't see any value in it because end of the day while I think that, say, 90% of your health is your responsibility, right? There's going to be that 10% of time where, like, okay, I've tried everything naturally. I've done everything I can, but I need a fucking antibiotic. And what are you going to just be like, well, no. Like, no, if you work with a doctor, you're, you're fucking, you're bad. And now I'm going to paint you out to be something. It's like we can't have that. We need to realize that if, if the holistic approach to our health and well-being is aligned with the system and they can finally get on the same page we can actually have something that's beneficial for everybody mm -hmm. because then the system can say okay go do your natural birth if there's a problem we'll help you out with it let us communicate with your your doulas and your midwives and let's let's assist the parents and get rid of the stigma of natural birth and that's right? what's scary in this and the reason why this woman said that you can't she wouldn't attend the hospital is because she's not allowed at the Vaughn hospitals and whether that's true or not, that came from her mouth. And when I was told that, it was like, okay, why? And it was like, because, you know, I'm fighting for this and I don't want the cord. I want the cord delayed. And it sounded like all these valid things. And then talking to other midwives, people coming more vocal and hearing, it's like, no, she got kicked out because she's interfering with people's health. She's interfering with things that could really, you know, like, no, don't take that gravel. But it's like, if that gravel is the only thing keeping my food down, I think that's more important than how bad yeah, the fucking, yeah. you know? And there's no distinguish. It's like, like I said, like, I don't know if it's trauma or disconnect. Like, I don't know what it is, but that hate, like you said, like you can't have one extreme to another. Even with my situation, I'm going to have my fucking redemption birth. I'm going to have my home birth. I am still going to do that. Obviously, I'm not going to hire the same woman, I'm definitely not going to rely on something like that because, again, it's it's an idea that's really dangerous. And it's giving this God complex that, you know, as long as you believe and as long as you fuck the system yeah. and, you know, like, just wing it. And it's like, no, there's my birth. My pregnancy was amazing until it wasn't. And blood pressure came on. It, it's nothing we could have predicted. I've never had that issue. My life was stressful, but why didn't we look into it? If protein is normal, okay, but where did that information come from? Was it, like, really fact-checked? Can we debunk it now? If it is still true, can we, like, you know, maybe if you see this after more than a week, then we look into it further. Like, how do we grow? And that's where the accountability really comes in, and it's not blame. Because I've had a lot of fake accounts message me, like, oh, you know, she's getting death threats, this. You're just blaming her. You're pretending it's accountability, and it's mm. like... I don't know. Hold on. I, I would. Yeah, no, I don't. I don't buy that shit either. I think that's a cop out to kind of once again yeah. uh, paint the paint the victim um, she is where it's like, right well, I, I, I don't need to, to be held accountable because I'm feeling this sort of way. Mm -hmm. And it's like, well, 
at the end of the day, man, like you decided to go against the system, right? And and that's fine. I, I condone that action. I think it's a very, yeah. especially right now, I think more people should be speaking up against the system. And if I gave you the list of emails and DMs of death threats that I've had, right? I've had everything so far as screenshots of my family sent to me like, oh, oh my God. You know, you're at work tomorrow. This is going to happen. And I won't oh even God. respond because it's just online bullshit, right? It's kind of like, well, okay, but... You know that that may not work out well for you. Every action has a reaction. Yeah, like like do you yeah. boo boo, but it it might not go well, right? But you need to learn to have that thick skin, and and while I'm not saying that, oh, you know, I'm condoning it or anything, because this is this is also a, a perfect segue for me to interject and say, this is not a fucking invitation for anybody to listen to this and start to harass this individual. This is not an invitation for you to be disrespectful to this individual. This is because, I mean, it's not rocket science. The internet always wins. We, we, we purposely made sure to not mention any names, to not, you know, so we could more so tell your story than, um, you know, kind of, th this has never been about casting blame. This is all about, you know, doula awareness and what happens when somebody who thinks they, they understand, you know, all of the, the dynamics of birth, yeah. but, but things can still fucking happen, man. But I don't want people thinking that like, oh, well, now we've heard the story. It's open season because that's not at all. I think that, that that would still make you a piece of shit. Um, everything that we, uh, you know, have kind of fought for over the last few years was, was to be able to have an opinion and tell a story without it being violent, with it being very civil, with everything being peaceful. We've all been able to pride ourselves on that. So I don't want anybody thinking that this is the um, like the nail in the coffin and now you can just open up and start harassing people. Uh, ask questions, sure. Just because they don't like your questions, that's not your problem. Uh, yeah. You're still allowed to ask them the same way over the last three years. We've all been trying to ask elected officials, medical professionals, quote unquote professionals. We've been trying to you know, ask nurses and doctors why they feel the need to support this thing that they know nothing about. And all we heard was, oh, they don't want to talk to us. They just dismiss us. And it's like, well, then you guys also need to agree that that has happened right now. Right. And regardless of even if look, there's part as I'm listening to you say some of your parts, I'm like, fuck, she is kind of difficult in a sense. Right. Like, but. To what degree? Like I've paid you, right? I'm, I'm, I've, I've paid you for you to have me ask questions. And if that's considered difficult, yeah. then fuck, I guess I'm difficult, right? It is what it is. If I buy I a paid car, you three grand. Stops work, right? If yeah. I go buy a car two weeks after the car's fucking breaking down left, right, and center, I'm gonna, I'm going to be fucking difficult. It doesn't mean I'm going to come to your shop and start swearing at you and harassing yeah. you, but I'm going to say I want this fucking fixed because I paid good money, right? Like that's that's my 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 time went into that. I'm giving you a, a piece of my time as the currency, right? It's an energy exchange. So mm -hmm. yes, I, I do have questions. And it seems almost as though there's just supposed to be this thing where, like, okay, just give me your money, shut up, I'll take care of it, and that's that. Mm -hmm. But what would have happened had you not gone to hospital? You were just told everything is sunshine and rainbows when everybody who is actually measuring, you know everything in your body they're getting all the biofeedback that they need to say hey man something's fucking wrong here and the one that isn't supposed to be handing any medical advice whatsoever because i'm going to say this to everybody and people are going to get offended and i really don't give one solitary shit um the point is a doula is a fucking hand holder and that's your job it's yeah. that simple you're there to hold hands you're there to you know kind of support the mother and that's it 
And, and that's not me saying that, you know, you don't add value. That's just me saying to know your fucking role. Yeah. You're right? there to nurture and support. Right. Like I'm not walking up to the electricians on the job site saying, no, no, do this, 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 and this way. I would have did it myself, but I hired you because you're the professional. Mm -hmm. Right. But the foreman will be there kind of knowing a bit of everything and he just oversees it. He's like the doula of the job site. Right. But it, it just, it's, it's very odd to me. This whole thing is very odd to me. Um, and, and I just find, look, Nothing is weird to me about it. Uh, I see two people disagreeing um, on certain aspects of what happened. I personally think that after losing a child or even just a woman uh, being pregnant, I mean, are you not expecting emotional changes? Like if you're not, you're a fool. Um, it's it's like, hey, go go speak to any man who has a <laughs> be like, hey, how was your wife during pregnancy? Be like, oh, a fucking lunatic, right? Like it's just... Mm -hmm. That's what happens. Their hormones are going crazy, dude. They have a football growing inside of them that they're about to push out of a two-inch hole. Like, it's really not rocket science to recognize that it's, it fucking sucks, man. Your body's going through the most, yeah, quite literally the most severe change on the planet, mm -hmm. right? So, like, to not, to, to, to be kind of like, oh, well, this, this person's being unreasonable. Like, well, maybe, but haven't you done enough of these to recognize that that's kind of the case? Like, not everybody's going to address you how you feel you need to be addressed, right? We need to get over this, this whole uh, one person knows some shit, so you should just let everybody else go. Like, look, my wife is a herbalist, and yeah, I can treat almost everything at home, but there's a certain point where she's like, mm, you need to go see somebody, right? Because it's like, yeah, there's just some things that we can't cure, right? With all of the things our bodies are inundated with on a daily basis, we just cannot detox at all sometimes your body needs a bit of help and that's why you can say that yeah the advancements that we have made as human beings are amazing we can launch billionaires in a dick missile to space do you think that would have fucking happened if we were just sitting there throwing rocks at the sky still no but innovation is a beautiful thing so let's stop acting like we need to demonize it all you you don't have to like the practice but here's my issue I get it. I've 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 interacted with this individual before. And and first of all, I've never had a negative interaction with this person. Um, you know, I've had very reasonable discussions that were very valuable. And that would be like, you, do you see how I can still be reasonable and say I disagree with the actions in this case? But it doesn't dismiss all of the wisdom that she's given to me prior. Yeah, well, even now being in this situation, I don't like Yes, I, I guess I regret hiring her because of how it's been handled. But like, I still believe she has all this knowledge. I don't think she's an idiot. I like Correct. she wouldn't be where she is. She wouldn't have. I wouldn't have hired her. I wouldn't have. Mm -hmm. You know, like you don't make a five thousand fucking following on social media genuinely because you're some random that talks about nothing. Like, she has value. Like you, and that's what like is so hard to fathom that even in this being the one it's happened to, like how. Like how? Like this woman isn't that, but like, like it just—it doesn't make sense. Yeah, some type of so, thing. Yeah, absolutely. And again, I I think we need to find that line of where the advancements that we have made are are a great thing, and we can still use the old ways that have worked for humanity. And those two things can be true at once; they can coincide. You don't have to dismiss one or the other. 
because you're like this individual's hate for the system and it's a genuine like burning hate mm -hmm. for the system to a point where i'm kind of like you need to kind of slow that roll because your decision making now is going to be hindered by the fact that you harbor so much hate for the entire system not realizing that hey man the investors the people above the investors and maybe even the ceos they're dickheads but go try to tell me that every nurse that, you know, from the NICU is just a piece of shit that doesn't want to see people. And they just, you know, they're trying to harm women and babies and medically rape them. Like, that's not what they go to work for, man. They go to work because they genuinely enjoy helping people. So we can't just paint everybody with the same brush the same fucking way. We didn't want everybody to paint all of us with the same fucking brush, man. But all I'm seeing is this one-sided approach where everybody thinks they know everything and then they gain this God complex and no one can tell them a single fucking word because they know best. And it's like, well, but you, you don't and you don't know everything. And how do I know that? Well, because I'm one of the most well-researched individuals that I know. I do this eight hours a day over the last, what, fucking well over a decade. Every single day of my life is just research and homework. And I will let you know this in all honesty. The more I know, the more I know I don't know shit. And that's the truth. The truth is the more you discover, the more you realize that, holy fuck, what I thought was always right. There's so many nuances that like, well, it is right, but could be wrong in a different situation. Mm -hmm. Right? So like, why are we not holding each other accountable? Because at the end of the day, man, when my son passed, and that's why I decided to give you this platform is because, hey, man, like when I hear people who have lost children, I feel like it's something that's almost not spoken about enough. It's like everyone's just supposed to kind of suffer in silence. And what she's not understanding is, dude, by creating this action, blocking the problem and not having the discussion. And I hope you listen to this. And I say this from a very good place. I say this from a place of respect and, and hoping that you find it within yourself. But your actions have not allowed this mother to start the grieving process. And regardless whether you feel that you are no part in that, you are every part in the, the final process of that. I was able to get my closure and that was largely because everybody at the hospital was like, look, we did everything we could. Yeah. We're not going to say we're perfect. We're not going to say that the situation didn't end well. But all we can do at this point is say, this is what it is. How can we support you? And even if I was in that room screaming, yelling, freaking out, which I wasn't. But even if I was, they were very open to sit there across the table and just let me say, whatever, no security, no anything, just person to person, put away your careers, talk to me like a human being and allow me to process that shit. So at least I could start my grieving process. And by not allowing a mother to do that and creating this, this shit storm of, of like intellect. Like shame. It's like guilt yeah. and shame yeah. that my son's loss was my fault. And now I'm this problem. And now I'm the bad guy because I added clown music to a story or I said she's a monster or something. And it's like some things are just wrong. And again, like you said, the doctors gave you that chance to talk. Why? Because they have to. Even if you were saying you fucking killed them, I'm fucking like they would just be like, sir, I'm very sorry you feel this way. This is like they give you the facts because, again, like what ifs don't matter. So it's not like, well, what if I didn't listen to you or what if this it's this is what's happened. This is the facts one off of this was the result. How do we never fucking get there again? Right. Like, right. 
and I don't know why this is this is not understood at all. But uh, if she thinks that this is not going to happen again, she's sadly mistaken. Like you should you should probably try to learn as much as you can from the first one to educate yourself to say, okay, the next time I see protein in urine, you need to go get a test, and we need to address that either until the protein is gone, it's not present anymore. Or let me work with your doctor to find out how we can work together to make sure that this doesn't become a factor, right? And this is the problem with non-medical practitioners giving medical advice. It's just like old Gary drinking his 2-4 going to a freedom protest, just saying vaccines are bad. And you're like, why? He's like, because they're bad. I'm like, well, that doesn't say anything, Gary, right? Like put the beer down and actually do some fucking homework and tell people why. Right. Shouldn't you be seeking to understand, considering you're the one preaching something that's on you then? And if you're wrong, then what? Right. All we want right now is people to take accountability over the last three years. Nobody's being held accountable. They're just shutting you the fuck up. Their receptionists are all not letting you speak to any of the politicians. Right. When you're in there in person, they just get you removed by security. And now what? So what I don't like is when we preach that that's wrong, but then individuals who have been preaching that that's wrong are now doing the same thing to others and not willing to look at themselves. So, yes, this is a class act fucking this. This should be absolute school for how to take accountability for yourself. Yes, it sucks. Yes, it's very hard to see where you have went wrong. However, she has had good enough grace for you to constantly say i am not mad at you i do not blame you i simply have some questions that's it i'm not saying that you killed anybody i'm not saying that it was your responsibility you're fully taking ownership i chose her i chose to listen i didn't listen to x y like you're, you're taking the accountability on your end. So it's like, why isn't there a conversation? Why? You want to know why? Because the conversation will be difficult. And everybody talks like they're this great, you know, tough fighter until the fight comes and then tail between the legs and let, how do I get rid of this issue so I don't have to, you know, present myself to it. And, and again, I really hope that especially this portion um, of the pod is, is listened to by this individual and those that are around her just so you guys can all hear, you know, the, the the fact of the matter. And the fact of the matter is that you can cover for it. You can make excuses for it. You can talk all the shit you want behind closed doors about it. But karma knows all. You can't just hide. You can't because we know that every single night that this individual goes to bed, there is this weight that can easily be lifted off their shoulders with a simple person to person conversation yeah. that is being declined. It's almost like, would you rather live with that harbored animosity for the rest of your life? Like anything. I don't think that like the fact that she started the narrative as soon as, as soon as I lost him, like, I don't think she really views this for what it is. Like, I think she really believes her stance in this. Like now she's a victim. Now I'm the big bad wolf. I've I'm ruining her reputation. I'm attacking her. Like, I don't know if she really thinks this is wrong because a mom has expressed to me when she was having the talk, like the words out of her mouth were, can I handle it differently? Yeah, but it's already done. And it's like, I'm sorry, but if wow. you're listening to this, I hope you realize that for you, it's done. For me, it's not done. It'll never be done. Mm-hmm. I'll never get wake up one day and be like, I'm over my son now. 
I can have another child. And I'm sure when I see that baby cry, it's going to hurt me because it's not going to be that moment I had before. Yeah, so, it does. And, and it will every yeah. single fucking day. And for the people that think it doesn't, I can quite literally grab an easel right now and paint images that I have burned into my fucking skull for the rest of my life. Like in the beginning, there was a point where like even when I was driving, there were times where I would get so lost in thought and then kind of come to and have to like swerve back into my lane because you're mentally fucking gone, man. It takes over. Right. And I'm years into the, the process of healing. I'm, I'm years into the process of, of, of understanding how this all works and life itself and kind of why we're here and trying to, you know, wrestle with that. But there's certain things that never go away. And to, to really, you know, fucking hinder the grievance process in itself is a very, very selfish action that karma just won't let slide. So everybody can make all the excuses they want. They can see the situation and make their opinions on it. And um, which is, which is fine. Hey, I'm not asking anybody to side with her or you. Yeah, I'm, I'm telling everybody to listen to this and, and, and formulate your own opinions. Do what I tell you all the time. Don't ever take what I say for, you know, do your own homework, F fact, if, check it, make sure that it's correct anything in this, that people should take is just listen to your intuition. So, you know mm -hmm. what, maybe you do want to hire her and you think it's great. And I don't care about what happened to cat and blah, blah, blah. But if you feel something's fucking wrong, listen to yourself. It doesn't matter if you're stressed. It doesn't matter if this goes on. It doesn't matter if the sky's blue, if it's raining, if you feel something's truthfully wrong, look into it because there's a reason. So I want to end this in a fashion that um, I think everybody is kind of wondering throughout this whole conversation. I wanted to save this to the very end. If she were to reach out to you out of the blue and say, look, I don't want to talk about this in social media anymore. I want this to end in the public, but you and I can have a conversation. What are the things that you would like to say to her? I would like I have a piece of paper that I actually wrote all these things down because the main thing I want to stress is if I ever got that conversation with her, as much as it would be an emotional conversation, it wouldn't be a conversation out of emotions. It would be a very logical, strategic conversation because there's very real questions of now finding out about the vaccination status, why that was shared, why protein was deemed normal and where the understanding of the range value being normal like where that information came from, how we came about that. Um, also the fact of why we didn't look into anything further. Like, okay, my life was stressful. Totally true. Okay. All these things totally true, which is why people are probably thinking like, why the fuck would you even listen if you knew something was wrong? Because what she was saying made sense and not knowing anything, being a first time mom, like I didn't know any better. So I would just really want to understand like from her, like, were you ever in this? Like, do you know what I mean? Like, was I just a $3,000 paycheck or like at some point did you care? Like, yeah. Yeah. But I, I must say, I do feel this all becoming so public and me having the platform to share my story is in a sense, my closure because I can bet my money that I probably will never hear from this woman again. And teach their own like you said she has to live with that and as much as it sucks for me her actions have been a really big you know reminder that this isn't my fault this isn't 
you know, like I don't regret my choices. I did everything the best that I really thought I was doing. And so if people listening to this, you can learn anything. It's just really look into all options. And if you see those tiny red flags that you don't think anything of, like take them. If I get love bombed by anyone, <laughs> they're fucking out. Like it's these little things that we just kind of miss. Well, I guess that uh, kind of sums this whole thing up. And um, yeah, man, I just I I, I would highly suggest um, that people still consider home birth um, because the ratio of which, you know, they go wrong and the ratio of which they go right is pretty one sided, as in a lot of them do go right. A lot of them are this, you know painful yet perfect fairy tale that everybody could really want to to feel um every bit of your child coming out of you and and every bit of that emotional moment between mother and child and father and this this amazing process it's supposed to be a beautiful thing i still till this day condone that action i think that it's something that people need to do i do think that the sovereignty of birth largely because of my knowledge of how the system works and how odd it is um but i i, I still think that people should seek out this option uh this is in no way shape or form uh bashing home birth or doulas for that matter um this is just somebody's story and their experience of, of you know, what had happened to them. Um, and pe people can kind of take it how they want it. And uh, I also want to say that, uh, you know, if, if there's anybody that's on this individual's team that wants to, you know, make stupid comments and come at me with illogical arguments and shit, I, I just take this right now as your fair warning. Um that becomes my intellectual property and it will be blasted all over my page. Uh, if you would like to have a civil discussion, we can easily have one of those in private and keep that between us, but I will not tolerate the same way. I'm telling you that you should not be going out there and, you know, bashing this woman or anybody she's associated with is the same way. I'm saying that, look, I will do what I want to with my platform. Uh, I do as I please. I created this thing with the help of not one of you. Um, so don't, don't, you know, tell me that, oh, I shouldn't have entertained this or that because uh, you're going to be met with just as much haste as you're sending my way. Uh, I don't think that it's logical. And I'm just, man, we're, we're past having childish discussions. Uh, so if we'd like to have these things, you know, in real time and actually have a good quality conversation, I am always open for it. So is Catherine. Um, you guys can have those conversations in private and everything can stay in private. But there are certain things that need to come to light. And in turn, with one voice, many other voices have, uh, you know, kind of popped up and um, what they choose to do with that information is fine. But if you guys have any other questions, uh, where can they find you so that they can inquire with you and, and be able to speak to you about them? So the best way to get in touch with me would be on my Instagram. It's catastrophic vibes. And yeah, at the end of the day, like you said, it's not a grounds to attack anyone. It's discussion. This is my experience. Again, it's not a reflection of home birth as I'm going to fucking have on my next birth. And also just to remind everyone that my situation, yes, it was a loss, but it was a very preventable loss. So not to factor this as, you know, how it's going to go. So, yeah. Excellent. All right. Well, thank you for taking the time out to share your story and, I hope that some people can benefit from this and get some educational value from it. But other than that, I, uh, I appreciate you. Awesome. Thank you so much.
Thank you guys for tuning into my podcast. You can find me on Instagram at Real7Show. If you guys would like the video versions of the podcast, you can follow me on Rumble at The7Show or on Rockfin at Real7Show. Be sure when listening to leave a five-star rating and review on the platform that you are listening on. Also, make sure to share this podcast with your friends and family. It helps the podcast grow more than you guys know. And until next time, this is The Real7Show.